Today's episode of Bitter Units is brought to you in part by the American Homebrewers Association. The AHA has a host of benefits for joining, including discounts at over 2,500 beer businesses like breweries, bars, restaurants, and homebrew supply shops in the U.S. and worldwide. You'll also get access to discounts on many brewing publications, award-winning homebrew recipes, and expert advice. Go to bitterunits.com to learn more. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. It's entirely possible we've just missed each other hundreds of times over the years. We might be Eskimo brothers. For the love of God, let's talk about beer. another episode uh again jt nut is with me and tim johnson is with me and we are just plowing right through episodes here lately uh, a lot of great stuff uh coming out of the tailgate society our host website that uh, you should definitely check out um culture check sports and corks we're not that drunk has made its return along with uh i think they did a drunk dialing in there somewhere um, so check all those other pods out, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate you joining us once again. We have yet another guest from the industry, and we are happy to have him. Tim, do your part. <laughs> well, we are very excited uh, this week to have Mr. Jeremy Danner from Four Hands Brewing. Uh, what are you on-premise specialist brand ambassador? What do you what do you call yourself, Jeremy? Exactly that. Yeah, on-premise specialist and brand ambassador is my title. But I'm I'm a sales guy, and I do some marketing and social media as well. Uh, but Jeremy's not just sales marketing. As far as his kind of his experience, we'll let him talk about it a little bit. But he he came up brewing, so he's done brew pub brewing. He's done uh, commercial production brewing. So he has a unique skill set that he brings into that. So we'll be able to kind of dive into a lot of those things. But uh, Jeremy, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. You guys drinking beer? Of course. We are. Yeah, me too. We all are. Of course. I'm, uh, I've got a Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest currently with a uh, backup Bud Diesel uh, <laughs> just in case we need it. <laughs> so I'm ready to go. JT, what are you drinking to start with? Got the all-day IPA, uh, so I don't get too crappy too quickly. And then, of course, because it's so delicious in a can, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, a beer that, thanks to this podcast, I loved how much I realized or rediscovered how much I love that beer. And it's just so easy and crushable. And I am drinking Steel Toe IPA and not size 7 IPA but uh, one they've recently released uh, which is a nice 6.5% IPA that that my buddy Mike makes Um, we'll have to we should have him on the podcast here at some point Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's uh, he's he's a a West Virginia fan too so maybe we could have him and Neil Stewart back on and and the the two of those dorks can can go off on that Uh, 
But if you're a West uh, Virginia fan, you're going to need a lot of beer this year. <laughs> but uh, Jeremy, what are you what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, blueberry Prussia. So we made a, a couple of variations on our Berliner Weiss this year. This was the the second smaller run. Uh, just kind of a straightforward Berliner Weiss with tons of blueberry juice. Nice. I bet my wife would drink that. She likes those fruity things we've discovered. I bet she would. So. <laughs> I should have. I, I should have had. I should have had some of that scent too. If had I known. Yeah. Uh, so. Um. So if if I remember right, because I listened to United We Drink, and I believe you were just recently on that. Correct. Um, and you are in Kansas City, correct? Right, yeah. So I live in Kansas City. Our brewery is in St. Louis. Right. That's. I thought I remembered that. So you obviously live on the correct side of the state. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. People in, in both towns want to pick fights about it. And I, I've been going to St. Louis enough for work for a long time. I started going there, you know, almost 12 years ago when I worked with Boulevard. So I have a lot of friends in St. Louis. So I, I always have fun over there. I think Missouri is lucky to have two great cities. And I think... It's pretty stupid that people want to kind of pit them against each other, but they do, you know, it's funny. <laughs> so, to me, so the to me, better rivalry then is the uh, Missouri versus Missouri tug of war. I, you know, I, I don't even engage in that because it's very much Missouri. <laughs> it's definitely an eye on the end of our state for sure. I was going to say uh, the, the difference for me is the north of I-70 and south of I-70 because I-70 becomes this magic border where suddenly you are now in the south. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm from a town called Lexington, and I think it's probably uh, 4,000 people. And, yeah, it's very uh, it's very different than Kansas City. It's very there's different a, than Columbia. It's very a, different from St. Louis, yeah. There's a cannonball stuck in the uh, courthouse's pillars. There, you know, there was. Or there was. It, I think they yeah, removed it. Well, no, what's in the column now is actually a croquet ball painted to look like a cannonball. Yeah. And the cannonball. <laughs> so there was a big civil war battle in Lexington, yep. the Battle of the Hemp Bales. And uh, the, I don't remember which side, but they soaked uh, these giant hemp bales in water and used them as shields. But at, at some point during the battle, a cannonball was launched into one of the columns on our courthouse. But they since removed it and put it in a museum down the street. And they have a, a croquet ball painted to look like a cannonball. You know why they had to remove it? I don't Idiot, know that. Idiots attempting to try to climb the pillar and steal it and stuff like that. Oh, I'm sure, man. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so, so the, the school mascot is the Minutemen. So there's like these Minutemen statues around town, and it's pretty ridiculous. So I was uh, born in North Kansas City Hospital. I lived in Plattsburgh. Okay. Um, and then my dad actually grew up in Hardin. I've been there, yeah. Yeah, well... You've been through it probably. Bragger, right. yeah. I mean, it <laughs> is a blip. <laughs> it is a blip on the map yeah. that you lived out there. Um, but I remember going, this is going to go way back. What year was the Michael Keaton Batman released? 88. Uh, 80. Is it early? 88, 89. Yeah. 88 or 89, yeah. I watched that movie in Lexington. No way. Yep. At the Main Street Theater? Uh-huh. Nice, dude. Me and my cousin uh, went and saw that with, uh, actually at that time, my dad's fourth grade teacher, who we'd known for years, 
he took complicated. Yeah, You're, it was weird. He was old. So your dad maybe, was still in fourth grade in 1989. Oh, his teacher from fourth grade, uh, I believe. So we would, you know, we'd know, known our whole lives, obviously. But he's like, uh, my dad drove us to school because we were in the same grade. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny. I Lexington. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Me neither. So. <laughs> 1989 is the year. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, yep. Thank you, IMDb. But uh, that's really not what we're here to talk about, nerdy uh, Missouri stuff that I could probably go on about. But um, we're yeah, actually let's, here to let's change talk it up about. Let's just talk about Lexington. Let's not talk about beer at all. We, we <laughs> might we might have exhausted my Lexington knowledge. Although okay. the the memorial wall as you come across the bridge is pretty cool. That bridge is gone now. They blew it up. Oh, did they really? That bridge was a giant they, they, piece of shit, dude. They yeah. rerouted that. Yeah, yeah. I, I rode my bike across that bridge during like an like an MS ride one time and it was raining and the wind was blowing and trucks were like flying by us. And that bridge was was shitty and like rotted out then. But yeah, they, they blew it up and put a new bridge in. We you can actually talk about it if you want to though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Uh Aaron that was a very David Graff, our producer, moment there where you pulled out some obscure trivia. Our producer has apparently lived every single small town in the history of the world. Uh, you could make up the name of of a town in Arkansas, and he would actually be able to tell you true facts about a fake place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a beer podcast. This is not a a, a Lexington, Missouri podcast. <laughs> Um, as, loss. as, as exciting as, you know, Hey, I just want to make sure that all 12 of our listeners Drink. are taken care of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Jimmy, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about, uh, what you do at four hands. We, you know, we touched on it briefly, but sure. you know, that, that was two seconds. So tell us a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, so I started uh, with Four Hands on August 1st of last year, and um, the the first, you know, kind of iteration of my role was on-premise specialist and then brand ambassador for events, both locally and nationally. So I've been to, we did Great Taste for the first time last year. I did uh, Big Beers. I, you know, when festivals and events are a thing, I go to those. Um, I've since picked up, I started out just doing on-premise, so just bars and restaurants. I now have a whopping eight off-premise accounts. And they're kind of all in my neighborhood, all where I already shop and know people. So it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And then uh, I started doing some copywriting for the brewery for, um, you know, website and sell sheet and packaging stuff. And then um, I'm doing the Twitter account. And then I kind of help out with answering questions and responding on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then we have kind of an offshoot um, account that focuses on um, citywide and our, our charitable partners there. And I'm getting ready to take over managing that Instagram account. So I kind of do uh, a lot of things, but it, it's fun to kind of coming from a much larger brewery like Boulevard. There are like 245 employees or whatever. There are 45 of us at Forehand, so it's kind of fun to get involved in in more than just one specific role. I think that's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's one of the kind of the neat things about the craft brewing industry. You know, when you stay when you're at a place that's a little bit smaller, is that you're wearing a lot of hats. Uh, and you, you get exposed to a, a lot uh, 
you know, sometimes that's that's good. Sometimes that's bad. I think uh, the pod that just launched today with, with, with Anya Carter, she could maybe tell you some of the other sides of those. Um, but four hands, you said about 45 employees. How many states? Uh, I mean, we're primarily in Missouri and Illinois, um, Kansas, Tennessee, and then we ship some beer uh, to Maryland, um, here and there to Pennsylvania. We'll do drops in uh, uh, New York City from time to time. But, but yeah, we primarily focus on Chicago, or sorry, um, Illinois, Chicago area, um, St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas side, and then Tennessee is kind of our focus. Nice. And, and, and uh, boy, we could probably just even talk a little bit about uh, about Forehands, like how long they've been around, uh, how they got started as well. Sure, yeah. So the brewery opened in uh, late 2011. Um, November 11th is actually our uh, anniversary. But uh, Kevin Limp is our founder, and he spent time, uh, you know, selling uh, wine and spirits with Gallo. Um, in, in college, he became a beer dork and wanted to learn, you know, the, the sales side of it. And then he got inspired to open a brewery in St. Louis, and he wanted to do something that was connected to his family. Um, but if you go back, you know, in the the history of St. Louis and the brewing industry, there was already a brewery called Lemp, spelled the same way, L-E-M-P, and he didn't uh, want to do that. So um, when Kevin opened the brewery, and he still does have a wife and, and two kids, uh, the four hands is kind of the four people of the family coming together to open the brewery is what that represents. Nice. Um, yeah, so we, we, you know, we make beer, but then we also have a distillery uh, within our brewery. So we've always wanted to be more than beer since the beginning. So we do a gin and a vodka. Uh, we make a couple of liqueurs, and then we have a line of uh, canned cocktails. And then we launched hard seltzer for the first time this year. Nice. No, that's that's awesome. We should make this be just an, uh, an alcohol podcast, and we can do some some of the, the spirits as well. That would be sure. fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, that's that is awesome. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit? I alluded to this earlier that that you know you have a, a pretty diverse background in beer. Honestly, uh, yeah. Maybe you could kind of explain how you got from, you know, brewing was a twinkle in your eye all the way to where you are today. Yeah. So I, I started working at a brew pub in town uh, called Seventy History Brew, and they're now closed up in the Waldo neighborhood uh, in late 05. I primarily bartended and worked in beer bars. I worked at like a Fox and Hound. I worked at a oh, local yeah. a local bar that focused on craft beer. And I, I got fired from that uh, bar job for being an asshole. Um, <laughs> when, when they fired me, I was like, yeah, I know. Um, so I, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try to work at 75th Street at the brewery. I knew some people that worked there, thought it'd be a cool spot. So I went through three interviews actually to become a server there. And um, after the third interview, they asked me, well, do you, do you have any questions about the company or do you have any questions at all? I go, yeah, are you guys going to fucking hire me or not? I've been, <laughs> I've been through three interviews for a serving job. Like, this is weird. I've, I've never been through this many interviews. I'm like, oh, we'll look at schedule and call you tonight. So I got hired that day, finally. And I started serving and bartending in November of 05. And then by June of 06, I'd worked my way into the brew house as a assistant brewer, you know, brewer's assistant kind of doing first off the things they didn't want to do, you know, I was happy to do that. Um, and then I got it in my head that it'd be cool to learn how to run a brew pub in case I wanted to open one someday. So I went into management and I am not a restaurant manager. I'm not a bar manager. I'm not a manager of people at all. I I was terrible boss. Uh, just really did not enjoy myself. So I got out of that, um, got another bartending gig. And while I was doing that, I was volunteering at a brew pub, 
uh, here in town that's also now closed and working part-time on the smokestack bottling line at Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So I would work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night at the bar, and then usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning at Boulevard, and then Tuesday, Thursday, whatever, at the brew pub doing crazy stuff. I got fired from the bar job on St. Patrick's Day. Oof. And if you get fired from a bar on St. Patrick's Day, they are done with you. Um, like they just, <laughs> you need everybody on St. Patrick's Day. I but say, I went they're, in. they're desperate for a warm body to do something yeah, on St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. So I walked in on St. Pat's and they said, let's go to the Austin chat for a minute. And I'm like, oh man, here it comes. And uh, they fired me and I went out to my car and I, uh, I cried for a minute. And then I called Stephen Powell's, the brewmaster of Boulevard. And I said, you know, hey, I've got to know you a little bit working, you know, part-time for you on the bottling line. I got fired from my bar job today. I, I want to go full-time at Boulevard. I'll do whatever. So I came in and interviewed to work on the main bottling line, accepted that role. And then the next day, um, would have been Tuesday, March 26th of, of 2008, he called me and said, hey, I, I know that I gave you the brewing job yesterday, or the, the bottling line job yesterday, but I had a brewer give notice today and I'd like to give you that job instead. Is that okay? And I, I, I've been celebrating that I had a job at Boulevard anyway, and I blurted out, no shit. And he goes, no shit. I'll see you Monday, brewer. So that's kind of how... Oh, so wow. I got on Boulevard. Yeah, it was crazy. And that's, yeah, that's an insane story. That's not really how that works. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, I'll get to the, the next bit of that in a minute. Um, so I did that from uh, 2008 until the beginning of 2013. And that's when I crossed over to the marketing side and sort of created the role of ambassador brewer. And that's when I started doing, I started traveling quite a bit and doing a lot of events, but that's when it really became a full-time travel job. Picked up more responsibilities on the marketing team. Uh, started getting into you know branding and um, design conversations. Never really, I, I'm not uh, a brilliant marketer nor a designer at all, uh, but I have opinions. And given <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, and given my travel and sort of my perspective of the market around the country, it, it turned out that I had kind of valuable input on what we were doing innovation-wise and you know focusing on that. So I did that from uh, 2013 until. Um, the summer of 2019 when my time came to an end and I, uh, the, the night that I, I got let go from Boulevard, I wanted to put a statement out on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram saying I was no longer with the brewery. And I actually got, um, I got a text that night from Forehands uh, from Kevin Limp, our owner, like, Hey, do you want to work at Forehands? And I'm like, probably, but I don't know. I, I don't know anything right now. You know, I, I'd been out of a job for about four hours at that point and really didn't, uh, hadn't really figured anything out at all and you know, head still spinning. And we started talking, you know, seriously that, that next Monday and then things kind of fell into place for me at, at Forehands. So yeah, talking about the, the craziness of, of getting the job to begin with at Boulevard, really the last time I went on a formal interview was, you know, 2005 when I was trying to get that job waiting tables at a brew pub. So <laughs> when, when my time at Boulevard came to an end, I'm like, I guess I need a resume and I, I've got to get my LinkedIn going again. And Fortunately, I didn't have to mess with too much of that. But I was I would, worried. Yeah, I, I want to know uh, what LinkedIn Jeremy Danner would look like uh, having, uh, you know, you and I have followed each other on Twitter for a long sure. time. So I know what Twitter Jeremy Danner is like. I want to yeah. know what LinkedIn Jeremy Danner would be like. I feel like LinkedIn <laughs> would just be like, um, for the love of God, please don't Google me. Like, <laughs> just don't. Don't look me up, man. You know, I I was worried, like, am I unhirable? Am I, some, I'm very out there and I, I say what I'm thinking and try to stand up for what I think is right. But um, 
yeah, the idea of like going to a job interview and like meeting someone I didn't know and asking them for a job was was really kind of kind of weird and foreign to me, and I, I wasn't looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, so I should say for those of you who don't follow uh, Jeremy on Twitter, uh, it's literally at Jeremy Danner, right? Like, there's an underscore in the middle. Yeah, oh, there's an underscore. Yeah, okay, yep. yeah. But uh, he is someone who is one of the most uh, genuine people in this industry. Uh, he certainly isn't shy with his opinions, but he's he's not a dick about it. Uh, usually, um, uh, <laughs> I try not to. Opinions. Yeah, no, You're not shy with the opinions part. Why you got fired on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> <laughs> that was a complicated. That was a complicated situation. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I but I, I will also say that you know in the years that we've interacted, you know I I know I can shoot him uh, a, a message with a question or commiserating or whatever. So definitely one of the the more uh, genuine, not not afraid uh, to get involved in robust conversation for yeah. sure. Um, but uh, yeah, go go check him out. So. Uh, yeah, I think the difference between Twitter and LinkedIn would just be uh, pretty. Oh I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I have like a polo shirt in my profile picture or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have to get a polo shirt. But yeah. Oh well, that's that is awesome. Um, well, good. Uh, tell us a little bit. I guess uh, you know we've been doing this now for seven months. I think this podcast. Uh, yeah, I, well, so no I'm, kid. I mean, I moved yeah. April, April one, end of March. Uh, yeah, it's been like seven and I was doing it at my old place. So it's probably been seven months, but well, uh, March, March was technically two years. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we've been doing this for seven months and two years. <laughs> 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 you know, one thing, one thing that we've been asking a lot of people throughout that time is uh, how the pandemic and how 2020 and the shit show that we're in is affecting uh, not just the brewery you're at, but, you know, just the beer scene in your state, your town, your whatever. Um, you know, certainly your job requires a lot of, in theory, would require a lot of in-person activation and maybe, you know, you can't do that. So, you know, how, how are things going with that? You know, we're, we're doing all right. Um, I, I went on a, my family and I went on a vacation right before everything happened, um, which was kind of weird, but also brilliant timing because you couldn't really do anything after that. We were down in Arizona and we got back right at the middle of March and that's when everything shut down. And at that time I was only an on-premise guy. So I called, um, I called my boss and we, we chatted and I'm like, Hey, I'm just an on-premise guy, but no bars are open. What's, what's my job? And they told me your job is to stay home and take care of your son. So I, I did that for about three months while my wife, um, <clears throat> she's a bar manager at a, a barbecue joint here in town. That's pretty well known Jack stack. And they yes. were doing, they were doing to go food. Did she ever, <laughs> I know everybody put their arms up like, yeah, but she never brings food home, dude. It's so, <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so sad. I'm so neglected. What's um, Jack stack? If you don't she, mind me asking. She's the one on the plaza. Okay. Okay. Oh, nice. Just yeah. bring home some leftover cheesy corn. I know, dude. No, and, and I rarely get Shit. any of that because she doesn't want it at home because she sees it at work all the time. But, but yeah, so I, 
I spent about three selfish. months hanging out at home, and then she's <laughs> just selfish. Yeah, think of me, damn it. Um, you know what's funny? I, I will be sending Randall a, a link to to this, just so you know. Just right. So you... What we should do though is we should edit this and have it be at the beginning because there's no way she's going to listen this far in to a podcast that I bought. Like, did you listen? She's like, I listened for uh, thirty seconds. You sounded good. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks, babe. There, there's uh, always a clip from somewhere in the pod that we put up front. That's what as it is, te- yeah. As a teaser, so, you know, we can make that whatever it needs to be. Danner's <laughs> wife hates him. Listen to find out why. Uh, she does not hate me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I stayed home and uh, wore tracksuits and hung out with my son and yeah. got really good at um, Asphalt 9 and, you know, Dr. Mario. But then when oh. start, uh, places started, oh, yeah, Dr. Mario's the shit. When places started opening back up, though, it, it is this weird thing. You know, it was more going out to show support to people and, you know, have a beer, have some lunch, go thank people for the business and not really trying to sell beer, like still showing up with samples and still talking about new beers, but not like, Hey, can we get some handles? You want to do something? And, you know, none of that at all. Um, and then here lately, you know, things feel this cautious normal, which I think is kind of, um, it's this, it's this weird thing. Like right before, is it going to rain or is it not going to rain? Um, and, for me, I want the bars that sell our beer to be as busy as they need to be for them to take care of themselves and take care of their staff and all that, but also keep, you know, the guests safe and keep the staff safe. And it's, it's a weird balance that I think Kansas City is figuring out. We have a lot of outdoor dining as well. I had some beers outside at, at Beer Station's patio this afternoon, and that's always great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actively asking people to buy beer again. But it's and, and I'm not an aggressive sales guy to begin with. I I see aggressive sales guys, you know, come in and you know push real hard, and it's it's painful to watch, um, mm-hmm. especially right now. So things are normal-ish, but I think we're all kind of you know cautious and trying to do the right thing still. You know, sure. it, it's a weird time, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you you've got. Uh... This is just audio. We're we're not gonna post any video of this, but but uh, Jeremy is totally broadcasting live from Kauffman Stadium, uh, which is which is somehow uh, still daylight there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's yeah. a perfect example of you know a situation where there was no normal for for you know a lot of breweries at at a stadium, for instance. Oh yeah. That, Right. I mean, rely on those things. And, and, you know, as much as maybe you had a presence there because you you got a cardboard cut out of yourself there. Yeah, I was uh, right behind home plate. It was sweet, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but, you know, it's it, it's just been a different game for for everyone, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to 34 Royals games last year and 30 of the year before. And I, I averaged probably, you know, 25 to 30 games a year. So it was really weird. Not going out to the K this summer. Yeah, I'm with you. We we got a minor league team here, and I go to 30. And man, not being at a ballpark sucks. Being at a ballpark with some cold suds in your hand, and the fans, the smells, the sounds. I get romantic about it because just baseball is just so great in person. Oh, dude, being there is perfect. Yeah, I love it. There's nothing better. So JT, we had talked with 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 Pat about Fountain Mom. Uh, <laughs> I was just uh, right? of that. Yeah, yes. and and Jeremy t- told me that that she works at High Life. Really? Yeah. 
still or and she's not a mom so she's technically fountain lady okay. <laughs> or fountain woman but yeah um pete um pete rose holmgren introduced me to her one night i she, knew uh, she was from des moines i didn't know she was from high life though that's yeah. small world so yeah mm-hmm. huh I don't know if she's still there or not, but the last time I was there, she still worked there. That's been it's been a while since I was up there, though. I was gonna say they go through quite a bit of staff, or with that, that's part of full court press, and he sure. moves different people around from place to place. So I know ninety percent of his staff, but yeah, you know, in a lot of those kind of those stories that go viral with that, that would be the surest way to to get fired. But that's kind of on brand for that bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want to meet Fountain Mom? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, man, I'm glad that she has now uh, been talked about twice on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Get the over. <laughs> oh, man. That was about the time as Vodka Sam, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah vodka, vodka Sam was that fall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, around that. No, there's there's been any number of Iowa people being very impressive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, we're, we're no Florida man, but, uh, you know. Take that, I, Wisconsin. Yeah. No. Iowa woman might be uh, the the Midwest equivalent to Florida man in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to turn in like a Jerry Springer segment. Florida man yeah. and Iowa an Iowa woman. Who's the real father? Uh, well, yeah. I don't Shit. know, but if if Iowa woman's the father, I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, speaking of of uh, of Kaufman and the Royals, uh, you've been, you know, I feel like I'd be remiss, even though this, this is a beer podcast, uh, just because we are baseball fans and, and we're part of the Tailgate Society. Uh, you actually, you've thrown out a first pitch at a Royals I was, game. I was hoping you were going to mention that, and if not, I was going to make sure I worked it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have thrown out a first pitch, though. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's a wild experience, man. It's way harder than it looks. How, it yeah. is, yeah. I mean, I've thrown a baseball, you know, sixty feet a million times, but never, never at Kauffman Stadium. Yeah. So no matter how many times you practice or warm up before the game, or um, actually, so there was a uh, a little beer fest in the parking lot before that, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, Oh, it, like beers of the cave or something. And I was on a panel with, um, with, uh, Dick Lyman Kugel. Oh, nice. Okay. And, um, which is absurd. It's, it's me and him and somebody else from, from town. I can't remember who it was. And, and both guys who've been in beer longer than I've been alive, you know, um, he was talking about how long, you know, like he started working at the brewery and he was like 15 or something. And then they're like, and Jeremy Danner has worked at Boulevard for, seven years i'm like oh this is so ridiculous like what am i doing here um and we chatted after the panel and he's like i hear you throwing out the first pitch i go yeah do you have do you have any advice he goes you should get a little drunk before you do it i was like oh i don't i want to remember it he goes no just get a little drunk not too drunk but get a little drunk so that you you're relaxed and i, I didn't get a little drunk 
Uh, but yeah, it, it was crazy, you know, going out there, throwing the first pitch. Uh, it was a Friday night game. It was July 3rd, right before the holiday. It was the year we won the World Series. So every year I've thrown the first pitch, we've won the World Series. So let me know when you're ready to win again, Royals. Okay, we can send <laughs> this to the Royals. 1985? Uh, no, no. Every year I've thrown the first pitch. Not oh. every year they've won. Oh. <laughs> each year I've thrown the first pitch, we have won the World Series. No, it was a really cool. That's been a lifelong dream of mine. It was very cool to get to do that. That's awesome. Uh, did you get a picture and all that of it too? or? Yeah, yeah. So they send their professional photographer down on the field. You get yep. pictures and a video and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, they give you a video too? Yeah. So That's pretty what's, badass. What's funny is before the game, um, one of our sales guys, um, at the time he was friends with one of the broadcasters, and I've since become buddies with the guy. They're like, hey, Danner's still on the first pitch. So they're going to put it on TV. Last minute, they added another ceremonial first pitch, and the broadcast team didn't know. So they showed that guy throwing the first pitch, but with my name and like Jeremy Danner, Boulevard Brewing Company. And people are like, who the fuck is this guy? That's not Jeremy Danner. <laughs> so I, I, have, I have like friends sent me a picture of the TV showing not Jeremy Danner throwing the first pitch. So I'll put that up as my profile picture every once in a while. But uh, yeah, some, I have friends that like took video at home of the TV watching, and they you know, people send you all that, but, but the Royals send you like this folder that has all these pictures of you throwing the first pitch out that their photographer takes. It's really cool. That's badass. Did you airmail it? Did you bounce it? You know, I, um, I did bounce it in the batter's box. I was a little bit outside. If there were a right-handed hitter, I was a little outside and my friends gave me a hard time about it. Like, Oh man, you, you bounced it. And I go, let me see a video of your first pitch. And they shut up. (laughs) And well, I mean, Angel, Hernan- Angel Hernandez would still call it a strike, so. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then look at, look at what, um, what 50 Cent did, man. Yeah, Compared exactly. Him, I was solid. Yeah, well, yeah but Hernandez also- would have called it a strike, and Vladimir Guerrero would have hit it out of the park. Yeah. Sure, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I can tell you someone at, who's worked production for sports, I could definitely see that happen because they're ceremonial first pitch thrower outer. You just get a name. You never know what they're going to look like, and you get right. told to go, and this is it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, and the so. broadcasters the broadcasters knew me, um, but it's too late at that point. They can't be like, oh, never mind. We're going to cut to commercial now. Yeah. They just have to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's our ceremonial first pitch with Jeremy Danner. That is not Jeremy Danner. This guy is very <laughs> not me. Yeah. <laughs> Way not me. That's I awesome. know Jeremy Denner, and that's not him. <laughs> he is not a seven-year-old with pigtails. No. <laughs> not, not today, anyway. <laughs> that's right up there with Chuck Bruce. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking of, too, was Chuck <laughs> Bruce. I was like, he's the Chuck Bruce of, of Kansas City. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. But, uh, so we do have one question we have to get to at some point. Um, so we might as well do it now. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, we brought you here because we love you and we all care about you. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you your, get on this bus right now. Your behavior has affected us in the following ways. Yeah, oh, all the doors are locked. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but if you, you, know, you probably know what the question is, but we ask everybody that comes on. And it is if you were stranded on a desert island and your ship, plane, whatever that you crashed on had your lifetime supply of your four or five best favorite beers, what would you have? 
Um, Orval, for sure. Because oh. that beer is different every time and beautiful. Um, I would take Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Because that's probably, that's one of the best beers in the world as well. Um, I think I would probably take our, uh, we make a beer called uh, Single Speed. It's an American Blonde Ale with Jasmine. And it is so good. Um, the Jasmine is, you know, subtle. It's not too much, but like really drinkable beer. Um, that's three, right? I would probably mm-hmm. take um, Prima Pills from uh, Victory. That's an amazing beer. I like, especially Fresh is super good. And then I'd probably take, um, this is so cliche to say this is a beer guy, but Allagash White. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Uh, Allagash White has come up multiple times on yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. It is cliche, it's so but good, it's because dude. it's so good. You can't, yeah. you can't argue I've, against. I've, I've never had it. We're gonna it's really good, rectify. dude. We're gonna have you to rectify to get, that. Is that part that. of Beer Drop at all? Does anyone know? It's not on Beer Drop. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, but we'll find a way to to get some Allagash. You know, they shrunk their distribution footprint and, and all of that, but we'll find a way to get some. Maybe we can even just get. Uh, uh, maybe we can get Joe Ploof to score some from us out out east and and ship it out to us. Or uh, or when we go out there and do our live show, it is grand reopening. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we once can, Hanging Hills kind of has a grand reopening, house, we should we should go out there and, and do that and, <laughs> and see how high he gets. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, that I was. Think that- there was an awards thing today that was all over beer Twitter. And yeah. I, be- I believe Allagash White won gold today, if I remember right. I thought I saw that run by. You know, Anybody yeah, else I, see that? I have not gone through the GABF winners altogether. Uh, it would not surprise me one bit if Allagash uh, won gold again. Uh, that would only make sense. Uh, it, all that stuff is like flying by and, and since it's all it wasn't in in person this year, then they just burned through the awards really quickly. There was, you know, there was no pomp and circumstance to some of those things. Uh so I just figured, you know what, I'm not F it, I'm not gonna follow along on Twitter. I'm gonna just uh wait until tomorrow and, and read through who the winners were and all of that stuff. I don't know. Jeremy, did, did you follow along to any of that stuff? You know, I, I did not. Um, we, we don't energy ABF normally. Um, I, I kind of looked through to see, and I saw that um, I saw that Casey Virko here in Kansas City won a couple medals, and I saw yeah, that, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that Boulevard won a medal. Um, I was at GABF one year when uh, when Zone, uh, the Whitbeer from Boulevard, won a medal, and Allagash White did not, and we're all like, take that! <laughs> um, but then we're like, we don't really mean that, Alagash. Oh, we love you guys. Um, yeah, winning winning a medal is really cool. It's awesome. It's exciting. You go out and like party hard that night and wear the medal around. But then the next day, it's kind of like, all right, back to work. You know, yeah. Let's let's keep doing what we're doing. It's fun to uh, win. That. Is, is it? Do you go party like that uh, commercial where they steal the cup from the hotel hallway and run around <laughs> yelling, "Champion, champion!" <laughs> Like one year I was there and I think we won three or four medals at Boulevard and I was in a bar wearing all four medals and I was in the bathroom and I, I, there's a guy from another brewery and uh, we, we knew each other and he's like, 
Fucking Jeremy Danner, four medals <laughs> at the urinal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun to like, you know, see guys out, of, especially people that you know from other breweries wearing medals that night and partying out. It's fun, but I, I don't think anybody really gets bummed out when they don't win a medal, because no. especially now, like, there's eight thousand breweries, right? And what, one hundred and twenty categories, maybe more. Yeah. So there's three hundred and sixty medals and eight thousand breweries. So you do the math. The Losers Club is gigantic compared to you know how many people win so the, the fourth, never stress the fourth place that. beers are still some of the best beers you've ever had in your entire life yeah dude i mean all the beers that that make that final table are great yeah they're all great well and joel had said something about uh i miss not you know being at williams and graham uh drinking afterwards and like for you guys that don't know jt you go up to, to denver quite a bit have you ever heard of, of williams and graham no, but next time I'm there, I'm going to have to probably check it out. What is it? It, uh, it is – it's a speakeasy. It literally looks like a a bookstore, and you're oh, they literally open up a bookcase to take you back into the bar. Holy shit. I need to go there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's pretty fantastic, and they make some of the best craft cocktails. You're not going there for beer. You're going there for craft cocktails, but they make some of the best craft cocktails you could ever have. It's an awesome vibe, and yeah, going there like, you know, the night after the award ceremony, like GABF, you almost want to avoid some of the bigger like brewers parties that are going on, and you want to just kind of hit some of the other uh, things going on. But man, he he said that tonight, and I was like, ah, oh, I do miss that. That would be so fun right now. Yeah, the best thing to do after GABF is drink not beer. Like, I want, yeah. like exactly. I, want a, I want a $15 margarita. Can we get that, please? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Those yeah. parties are fun, too, because that's where you see, like, like the rock stars. You see, like, Garrett Oliver and Tommy Arthur and you'll see Sam from Dogfish and, you know, those yeah. kind of guys and go dork out. Yeah. Be- yeah, it's it's funny how, like, no matter how long you've been in the industry or, you know, you know, you were at Boulevard who just won these amazing medals and you still turned into like fanboy when you see, you know, guys like Sam walk around. Right. Like it's it, how can you not that this industry is so big and so small at the same time. Oh, yeah. Years ago, the uh, the B.A. Board of Directors had a meeting in Kansas City and they came to Boulevard for a meeting and a tour. And it was decided that I would give the B.A. Board of Directors a tour of a brewery, which is so, <laughs> it's so stupid. So uh, I go down and I meet like um, like Ken Grossman's there and Kim Jordan and Sam Calgione and Bob Peace and Julia Hertz and all these people. And I'm like, let me show you around a brewery. <laughs> you know, like, it was really stupid. Um, but we get back to the bar to, to have some beers afterwards. And I pour, I pour Sam from Dogfish a beer. And he goes, hey, thanks, Danner. And Julie goes, uh, Ju- Julie Weeks is my boss time. She goes, Sam knows your name, and I go. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I thought that was pretty cool. We're such dorks, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. Um, uh, it's it's fun though. I mean, and, you know, and some of those people like Garrett are s- sincerely some of the. The nicest, most genuine people that you'll meet too. So yeah, I, mean, I, I would consider Garrett and I buddies, and yeah. um, he's he's so great, and it's always fun to introduce people to him because they're so not cool about it. Like, can we take a picture? And I'm like, I would prefer that you don't. But if you really need to take a picture with Garrett, you can. 
like they lose their shit when they meet him. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's worthy. He's a really cool guy. Well, I mean, like you had even talked about like, you know, Dick Leinenkugel. I mean, there's some of these guys that, first of all, they're amazing because they will ask you uh, your name once and they remember that I, you know. They're better I, than we are. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, Aaron can't ever remember JT's name half the time to this podcast. <laughs> That's right. JT's <laughs> <laughs> upright this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not laying. I'm not laying on the floor yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, I, that's good. I, I, I don't know. I, any other thoughts? We, we should probably make think about doing this tasting here at some point, Let's huh? Do it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess because Tim says so, uh, <laughs> we'll take a break um, for a word from our sponsors. You've probably already heard from the American Home Brewers Association. Uh, please take the time to check them out. Sign up. Uh, at our website, bitterunits.com, um, you can find a link there. So sign up for the American Home Brewers Association and take advantage of all of the great deals at like 2,500 varying restaurants and bars and et cetera that uh, they are conjoined with. Hey, that's not the right <laughs> word, but um, whatever you want to call it, you know what I'm trying to say. Um. And uh, also, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, you'll hear from them shortly because we're going to take this break the best goddamn barbecue sauce in the known universe and we will be right back with four hands brewings divided sky back when i started dead eye i knew i wanted to innovate the barbecue game since day one we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market great and irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. Welcome back to the second half of Bitter Units. We are into the tasting portion of our podcast at this time. We have acquired some beforehand's beer. Don't ask me how that happened. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Um, and the beer that we have is Divided Sky Rye IPA. Um, and it says it's 6.5% alcohol. Um, that's the extent of what I know about it, but I bet Jeremy, you can tell us a little bit more. That's actually all that I know about this beer as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this beer has been around in our, in our portfolio for a while. Um, it's a rye IPA as the name says, it, uh, 15% of the malt bill is rye. The rest is, you know, um, predominantly a, a two row pale malt and there's some carapils in there. You get nice foam from that. And then uh, kettle it's hopped with Cascade Centennial Columbus and the Falconer's Flight blend. And then it's dry hopped with Cascade and Falconer's Flight as well. So the goal of the beer is to sort of be this fun marriage of kind of the spicy, fruity character that you get from the rye malt, um, along with, you know, hops that have citrus and pine and resin and kind of spicy, fruity character as well. Um, I love this beer. It, it's funny, this is not the beer that I would have picked 
to feature, but I'm glad we're doing it because it is a really good beer. And I don't know what it is about Rye IPA, but I feel like this is the time of year where I really start thinking about them. I don't drink a lot of IPA in the summer anyway, but then like Rye IPA with a little bit more malt character, I really dig stuff like that as it gets a little bit cooler. Yeah, this was this was Aaron's pick, honestly. And uh, I'm not lying when I say that I was shocked by the level of sophistication uh, for for both just the fact that he was willing to branch out into something that he's not familiar with in rye beers and also actually how much I agree. It is very fitting for this time of year. You know, beers like this. Rye is such an interesting uh, – I, I like to describe it <laughs> – it's funny because I always say that I hate – Spicy as a descriptor. Sure. Because what the F does spicy mean? You like right, spicy? It just means you know, hot, like, yeah. Yeah, like is that black pepper? Is that chipotle? Is that is that cinnamon? You know, what are you getting from spicy? But then the only word I can ever come up with for, for describing it is like twangy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a terrible way to describe <laughs> it, but it's got like this kind of like this, you know, like you said, fruit and spice and tang and kind of whatever. Uh, so it's a, it's it's a country music song of beers. Is that what you're saying? If right, right. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, this beer uh, shot your dog and and made your wife leave you. And also drives a truck. Yeah, <laughs> a big ass truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God, well, yeah. it. I love the guy in in the the lab at Boulevard, and he would say that this beer. He would describe it as having a bit of a wang to it. And he'd always <laughs> say that, and we're like. Like, well, I don't know, I'd say Wang. But yeah, beers that had sort of that, that tinge of something or that little bit of that twist. You would that's say a, a bit of that's a Wang. That's got to be a Missouri term. I know it's not, though. It's not. Nobody, I say nobody that. else says that. Oh, I don't I do. say that. Okay, My dad no. says it. We There's say some, yeah. It's got a Wang. Yeah. yeah. It's got a bit of a Wang to it. Huh. And you're not talking about a chicken Wang. You're talking no. about, yep. No. Although that is what I had for dinner. Yeah. Chicken wang. No Wang Chung. But, yeah, no, we. We say that, but uh, let's let's get into this before it gets warm. Yeah, what do you guys think? Let's, uh, Tim. Let's get us started here. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, you all are pouring this in, into your glass, so we can go in and take a look at it. Uh, first thing we always talk about here is appearance. So, what are you guys seeing? Um, well, they're looking. I'll start start you off. Um, it is uh, a golden color with maybe just a hint of the uh, coppery tinge to it. So a little bit on the redder hue side of, of gold. Um, it is not crystal clear. You cannot see through it. Um, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not hazy or anything. It's just kind of robust in in that respect. And it, and it, mine at least, is bubbling a little bit what appears like uh, our Cezanne and DuPont did out of nowhere, um, where it's just releasing and gassing off sitting in my cup. That's, that's what I'm seeing. All or right. Uh, JT, do you, do you have any that's other? That's a perfect description. That's pretty much exactly what I'm seeing from it, too. It's definitely not clear, but it's definitely one I want. It's definitely not a hazy ipa it's definitely doesn't have that orange juice look to it but yeah it's definitely more of a golden color like you said just a hint of orange to it but yeah uh, as we've said famously many times on this podcast it looks like beer 
<laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, 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 so, I was say, uh, so Jeremy, uh, hopefully, so far, our description of this has not been off-putting to you. We're uh, we're all drinking the same beer. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, I like. I mean, it's got it's got it's not like this thick, heavy head, but it has a sturdy foam cap that is sitting there that I'm not losing, which is great. Right. This this yeah. is this is. I would say this is my favorite hue of beer as far as color goes because it, it looks very inviting. It looks, I, I like this kind of shade of color in beer um, more so than the just plain yellow, uh, despite the fact that I love Miller High Life, which is that. Um, but this is maybe the most inviting shade uh, of beer as far as I'm concerned. I'm impressed that you know the word hue. <laughs> I do have a college degree in like sports science. Let's just settle down <laughs> in phys ed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you went to school to be a gym teacher. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I dropped out of college. So you win. Uh, well, so, uh, so Jeremy, what other thoughts do you want to kind of say on, on, but I think you're right on. It's kind of this glowing orange color. Um, do you remember New Belgium a long time ago had Beer de Mar in these 12-ounce six-pack bottles? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit lighter color than that, but I still remember that was like a glowing amber, mm-hmm. like, like sunshine in a glass kind of stuff going on. And yeah, this is not, it's not quite copper because there's not, you know, there's there's not a lot of crystal malt. You know, it's just like, it's carapils and just a little mm-hmm. bit. So you're not getting like what you get from, you know, Cara 50 or Cara 120 or if people talk, C60 or whatever, um, you're not getting that. And yeah, just a, a little bit of haze and then that kind of tight white cap of foam on top. Yeah, that 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 just mild turbidity when you hold it up to light really kind of refracts it and makes it glow almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, awesome. It's so, yeah, it's a very pretty beer. So let's do let's do that aroma. Stick your nose in it. JT, are, are you? I, it's it's a different type of allergy season for you. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just beginning to wonder since it's so much hops and since all my allergies are pretty much you know nasal related to grass and pollen and tr- and trees and all that. If just like I can't smell it, like I don't know if it's a medicine I take or what, but I got I get nothing out of this. But if we do a stout or something like that, I can definitely smell it. But these really hoppy grain based ones, I get nothing. It 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 could be a well. So then we'll we'll just go ahead and ignore you. Uh, okay. <laughs> go fuck yourself, uh, Aaron. What are you what are you smelling out of this thing? Um, well, it is it is a uh, a grainy per JT's uh, descriptor there. Even though he didn't mean to, it's a, that kind of grainy smell. Um, I it it's maybe a little bit piney. Um, but not, not overwhelmingly so. Um, and that's, that's the majority of what I'm getting out of it. I'm not getting, I'm not getting any citrusiness like we have with some of the other stuff we've done. Um, but you know, I'm still a beer idiot. I'm only seven months into this journey, so I could be wrong. I was going to say, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm definitely getting a lot of that 
did did you see both Cascade and Centennial are in this? Yeah, Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, and Falconer's Flight. Yeah, and so I definitely kind of get both kind of that 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 Cascade and Centennial, a little bit of that that nose, certainly you know that dry hop. You said dry hop with, with Falconer's Flight too, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely getting that there. So I do get uh, a citrusy kind of nose uh, that's bright. I mean, it's not like it's not like I'm smelling orange juice, but I'm definitely sure. getting uh, um, a lot of that popping out. So I guess uh, really my point here is that JT and Aaron, you're both wrong. Um, okay. I, I know I know this is just a matter of opinion and 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 personal perception uh but what you personally perceive is is wrong cool uh, <laughs> i can accept for me. I, I get a lot of lemon, lemon yeah. grapefruit is what i'm getting primarily in the lemons kind of it's not sharp but it's there and then for me like columbus can kind of present as like kind of slightly like dank and punchy in a way yeah. and i'm not talking about dank like a basement um <laughs> yeah so i get I get some herbal character from it. Um, it, it yeah, there's, there's definitely some weed in there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And then that, yeah. that Falconer's flight blend to me is always kind of like candied orange in a way, but yeah. um, we, we like our beers, not super bitter either. So it's not a ton of kettle hops really. And then we focus more on, you know, late and dry hopping. So I think once you get into the flavor, if you're not getting a lot of hops in the aroma, I think you're going to be really surprised about what you taste in a second. Well, yeah. So let's let's do this. We kind of talk about taste, mouthfeel, and finish together because they're so intertwined. But let's go ahead and actually put this on beige in our mouth. Taste it. Okay. I get more of a acidity, the citrusy taste now. Um, um, so yeah, I can, I can taste that now. Um, not, not terribly bitter. It's not going to give you bitter beer face, um, for sure. Um, there's a little bit of bitterness, but not, not a lot. Um, it is dry. It finishes dry. Um, not like dry beer, not the, uh, I, and I'm a dry wine person, so this is also I like this. This is uh, that dryness at the back end is nice, rather than that st- stickiness or the cloying. I think is the term Tim always uses. Um, mouthfeel. So, um, but yeah, so definitely get the citrus the second I drink it, um, but dry as well. Um, it's good. I like it. It's not overly powerful in any regard. But I definitely do get that little bit of, I don't know if kick's the right term, but you can definitely feel that spice note. After twang, I think, is the word you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twang. Twang. No, wang. <laughs> wang. But that twang, that twang. A little bit of wang. Like, it's a like silent T. <laughs> when you have spicy wings or something like that, where it just kind of lingers for a little bit, and it sticks there, it's, it's not unpleasant like spicy food, because I'm not a spicy guy, but you definitely feel, and I definitely like it. I could see on the can of said, Pair with cheese or spicy food, and I can see why this would be just a perfect combination. You're yeah, slamming it, some wings or something like that. You got your ranch dressing, your blue cheese going, and you take a sip of this, and yeah, it'd be freaking phenomenal. That or this actually, I 
wouldn't mind doing this with a barbecue at a barbecue. You know, you got the street corn, you got the barbecue ribs or whatever. And yeah, it'd be really good. I think the, I think the dry finish of it would really yeah. help to cut the creaminess um, or the sweetness from a, from a barbecue or something like your time. I think you, it would help to cut through that, um, yeah. which I think it would is why it would pair well with blue cheese. I should have had my, uh, Italian truffle cheese that I've got in the fridge down here with me. It would probably go good with that. There we Ooh, go. Fancy arid Italian truffle cheese. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to pair that with, with, with the Bud Heavies later? Is that what it was? I might have a high life. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. No, I, no, I, I like that. I, uh, the dryness is really nice. Uh, you don't know what the, the final gravity on this is do you jeremy i don't but i would guess it's below three yeah i was gonna say it's it definitely two two and a half is where i guess in that range yeah and so it's not like it's like you know we're talking about play-doh right now yeah yeah making making your 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 palate just feel like it's been you know scraped by sandpaper but it's definitely that dryness and and then it really allows that that rye to kind of to punch through which i think is great uh, but I get, yeah, you get that candied orange, I think, really. That's kind of the first thing I get. The first impression I get is that candied orange, that Falconer's Flight is really uh, uh, nice. And, and it, it makes it this kind of this great balance of sweet and dry at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the hop character presents as sweet, but yeah, the beer itself is, you can feel it on the, on the swallow. It's, you know, kind of pull some moisture from your palate. It feels nice and dry. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I am uh, salivating because it's drying, <laughs> drying me out a little bit. My mouth is compensating, and I think that's the trick. It wants you to keep drinking it. I'm I'm going through and working on um, updating cell sheets for all of our beers, and I, I'm keeping all the original pairings that are on the the can. So I've got you know spicy food and blue cheese, but then I also have um, like salami and yes. Yes, like definitely. blood orange panna cotta, I think would be awesome too. Um, there's a there's a deli in um, St. Louis called Joyas, and um, the, I hope they hear this and I hope that they know that I like them. Uh, but they have this hot salami sandwich, and the salami comes, you know, quarter of an inch, half inch thick on the sandwich, and it's the shit, dude. And like, really good salty food with a beer like this, I think is really nice. I well, I'm certain that they will hear this. Uh, I we have so many listeners. Uh, Aaron's brother lives in St. Louis. I don't even think he listens to the podcast. <laughs> well, he doesn't like me that much. Yeah. Oh, so. no, that, well, no, I mean, we all understand that. Yeah, that, actually, yeah. he likes send me a box of salami. He liked me just enough to send us the spear. <laughs> no, I think salami is a great way to go with that, where you have that that salty component. And, and the and the thing that I, I love salami. Uh, but the thing that I bet can, over, oh can overpower you with salami is the, oh the greasiness goodness. of it, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's where this would come in handy, right? Because you could, instead of getting that fatigue from the greasiness of the salami, you take a drink of this, it cleans everything out, yeah. and you're ready for more. Just uh, it, yeah. I, I 100% think that's spot on as far as a, a good pairing, a good I'm going to say it anyways, hard salami. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, like I like I said, this thing starts <laughs> off with with a, a mature audiences uh, disclaimer. It, uh, JT is always the one that takes the shit into the gutter. Yeah, it's, well, it's always him. Yeah, I've always you, been the you, one that's been considered a last... bad influence in life, and it's not me here. No, because sometimes you're literally lying in the gutter, so that's <laughs> entirely different. One when time you're... out of <laughs> how many ever podcasts we've done. Yeah. But uh, no, Jeremy, I wanted to. So you said this was like 15% rye in the Gristville? Yeah. Because it's, it's not too subtle, but it's more su- like sometimes I think when, when breweries make rye beers, they don't show a deft enough hand. Sure. Right? Where it's almost, you know. Rye rye beers can be sort of like um, uh, overly aggressive wheat beers, or yeah. or even to the point of you know like like a like a smoke beer where you need to show a deft hand in the application. And this is great because it is there, it is present, but it's allowing the hops, it's allowing everything else to still do the job. It's not making the rye do all of the heavy lifting in the right. beer, which is nice. I really, I think this is a great, if I'm going to say this, if I'm going to introduce someone to a rye beer, I think this is the beer I want to introduce them to. And then they can go kind of mess around with, with some of the other ones that are a little bit more, uh, bluntly challenging. Uh, but this yeah. one is, this one is is really nice because you still get that character that comes shining through, but it doesn't it doesn't dominate to the point where you're missing because this is a rye IPA, right? So you yep. still want it to be IPA like, yep. and and that's that's absolutely what what I think is kind of brilliant about this beer. And and the brewers can still louder it at fifteen percent rye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're right, right. It's not it's not like like uh, like five hundred pounds of rice holes. Oh, the uh, rye and rye. Hole. I used to make rye and rye when I brewed a Boulevard, and that beer it was like it wasn't wasn't much more than fifteen, but just enough more than like it was terrible to louder. A lot of caramel malt in that as well. Yeah, we put rice holes in, and I remember the first time you open a bag of rice holes, it it expands when you poke it. Oh it yeah, pops, and we thought we'd been shot. You know, we're checking. Did we get shot? Am I? You know, like what happened? Because this bag goes boom. And pops open, and it's it's frightening. Um, oh, oh yeah, no, I used to always cut them open. I put them in a a a, a garbage can and cut it yeah. open in there because it's a very that, low yeah. pop. Yeah, yeah it's scary. I think the other beer that I would introduce people to, and I don't know if they still make it anymore, but Great Divide made that um, Haas the Rye Lager. Do you remember that? Oh beer? yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot great. about that one. Loved it. I forgot about it's been a while. I forgot about that one. They, they probably don't make it any longer. I, I mean, there's so many breweries now. I don't know who makes what anymore. Yeah, it's no, hard that's to track, true. Dude. I know what we make. I've got that down. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, I, I, I'm not your boss. I did not write your job description, but, but I, I would imagine <laughs> knowing what beers you have. Yeah, yeah, probably in there. I've got that part down. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Not that I didn't expect to to enjoy this. Well, and part of it too is is you know we had this shipped and you and you don't. That's always kind of a crapshoot, you know, sure. right? Yeah. You know, you don't always know what that's going to be like. But this is a fantastic beer. I'm sad that I only have two. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. I bet we can figure out a way. Oh, oh that's you're fantastic. welcome for those two. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I don't want to take too much credit. 
for picking hey. it and, and who are you having to hook up for somebody <laughs> to get it to us and um hey hey you know the, the best thing you did was not alienate your brother enough for us to get these <laughs> There we go. Well, we work. We work for the same company, so <laughs> we talk a lot. So hopefully, hopefully, I haven't alienated him too much. Uh, How would you describe your relationship with your brother? I'd say it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it exists. I mean, yeah. he calls me a piece of shit, but he'll send me beer if I need it. Yeah, no, I, I, I love his I like, piece of shit. <laughs> I like that you you clarified your relationship with your brother as like, well, we're coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah. know each other. Yeah. You know, well, it's funny because because he's he's actually the one that got me into the industry that I'm in. Um, so I blame him for that, and there's some resentment about that. But uh, <laughs> not not really. I actually I really like my job, but um, he's been in the St. Louis area for thirty years, probably now. Oh, wow. What part of St. Louis? Or or longer. He might have been okay. there longer. He well, he lives in the Afton area, uh, oh, which okay. is south South St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. I so. have a buddy who's my my buddy from you and I. His mom lives in Afton, so yeah, yeah. So he's he's been in St. Louis well before we ever moved to Iowa as a kid, which was eighty nine. So I guess more than thirty years now. But uh, yeah, no, he's. He's a good dude, and we appreciate you, Brian. I'm sure you won't listen to this, but uh, thanks. And uh, go fuck yourself. Oh, well, that's, that, that's, that's good. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I really was impressed when you picked this because, you know, uh, so, Jeremy, when, when I said that we were going to have you on, I sent them a list of all your beers, and I said, hey, what should we drink? And I had some ideas in mind. I'll be honest, this wasn't on my top five list to order. Not that, you know, I don't like a good rye IPA, but I wasn't sure this is what, you know, these guys would want to talk about. And and Aaron picked it out, and I was like, oh, man, that's a kind of a... Shit, you're going to hear me say this word when I'm talking about Aaron. I'm like, but that's kind of a brilliant way to go. Uh, 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 and, man, it, it did not disappoint um it only oh it, it looks like a skull perfect for halloween uh i i it did not disappoint i want i want to have more of this beer i need more of this beer yeah. in my life i need to find a time to go to to st louis i think because there are a you couple do, breweries. yeah the brewery is yeah. really cool and the, yeah the whole city is great great food and beer scene man i love it i love it St. Louis is awesome. I'm a U and I grad, so I come down. Used to come down every year for Arch Madness, and I never made it to Four Hands, but I definitely should have because my goodness, this is really freaking good. Now, how far are you from? I'm sorry. How far are you from like the landing and from Bush Stadium and all that? Are you pretty nearby? Or yeah, so the brewery. If you're walking from the the brewery to the stadium, it's about 16 ounces away. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and straight south. Basically. Yeah, you're. It's it's right there by um the, they call it uh, ballpark village or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's all right down there, pretty close. Wrigleyville, St. Louis. I, I'm not gonna say that. Oh, I'll say that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a gonna, Cubs fan. I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. I, I see why they did it, but yeah. I'm, I'm, not, ball- a, I'm not a Cardinals fan, but the brewery's in St. Louis, so I'm not gonna say it's Wrigleyville. Yeah. 
But no, they, ballpark ballpark village is actually really freaking cool. Because you guys don't like each other, Cubs fans and Cardinals fans. Not at all. I don't know. I don't know if Cardinals fans like any other fans anyway. But They're I know the best that, fans in baseball. They'll tell you. That. I, I, you know, I've seen the Twitter <laughs> account, but I know that you guys do not like each other. I know that. Nope. I'm last, a fan. I like everybody. I love my. I love Kauffman Stadium. Just going down there. Although I was at a bachelor party once, and it was literally 100 degrees outside, and we were doing our pregame festivities on the asphalt. I kept diving back into the back of the car just because my feet were getting so hot from the asphalt being so hot through my shoes, through my socks. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's hot here, yeah. It's real hot. The, the last, time, last time I was at Kaufman, June or July of... Uh, oh, six. Oh, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> so it was, this, it was before the summer before I moved to Texas. Um, and uh, I caught a hot dog fired out of one of those guns. That oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Our that. mascot's a giant lion and he shoots <laughs> hot dogs out of a gun. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That was the last time I've been to Kaufman, though. But I love that stadium. It's just a beautiful stadium. Oh, it's beautiful, man. I love it. What's What's the place on third? The Boulevard place, Craft and Draft, or something like that, or yeah, Craft and Draft. Um, there's probably 25 craft beers on tap and another That's 75 so cool. in cans and bottles. We actually uh, four hands. We have four hands at the stadium. How do you, how do you get those seats there instead of just standing around? Because I've been trying for years. Like, is it possible? Do they ever actually sell them? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can buy the Craft and Draft tables or Craft and Draft bench seats and. They, okay. they come preloaded with like $20 per ticket for food and beverage, too. Nice. Yeah, it, it's a great view. I sit, I sit up there a lot. Yeah. No, it actually really is a great view. You get, you know, even get to see, kind of get to see downtown a little bit, I think, or am I misremembering? No, downtown's the other way. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And Tim's just sitting there thinking, I'm a Twins fan, and it sucks. They've got uh, a dope stadium too, though. Target. I field. Say, yeah, yeah, I actually really like Target Field. If you guys ever come to Minneapolis, you're more than welcome to to come to Target Field with me. Gotta come, gotta come in from right field, though. I mean, we we have won our one lost eighteen straight playoff games, <laughs> uh, which really, 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 really hurts. Uh, I've spent I've I've probably seen just about as many games uh, at Kaufman as I have. Well, not at Target Field, but. At a lot of other places, we, uh, my friends and I, did this thing where we rented a van and hired a driver, and he drove us down uh, to see Royals White Sox at Kaufman. Drove us overnight uh, to Chicago. We stopped off uh, in Columbia uh, after the game, and we'd all been, you know, dr- tailgating before the game and drinking during the game. And stopped off at Columbia to hit up a couple of college bars before we oh, we had the overnight drive to, to Chicago, and then we went and we saw a Cubs Cards game. And oh, cool! Drove, and drove back. It was a great. It, it was literally. It was like get up balls ass early on on uh, a, a Saturday and have someone drive us to Kansas City because you know that's a seven hour drive from from yeah. Minneapolis. That's not that's bad, bad, right? Right. So if you leave early enough, you know you hit that game. Uh, you get the overnight drive. Someone else, again, hired a driver to take us all the way to Chicago, you know, and then we hit up the the Cubs-Cards game 
and, and back. But yeah, you know, you talk about the Cubs cards hating themselves uh, or hating each other. Uh, <laughs> they should hate themselves. We, we do. Cubs fans have hated each other, hated yeah. themselves for a while. That is, there's that a, is yeah. True. There's a lot of self-deprecation. <laughs> Freudian yeah. slip. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, as as an as a fellow AC Central fan. Uh, uh, Jeremy can attest to this. We actually don't really, unless your name is AJ Pierzynski, you don't really hate any any other team that. Oh, AJ Pierzynski, and he became a Cardinal in his last year of his contract. Ugh. I hear he's a really good guy, though. I've heard that too, but still, yeah. he has such a punchable face. I have some buddies who used to be uh, beat writers in Chicago for the Sox, and they said he's a really cool guy. Like he'd he'd come hang out and go to parties with them. Actually, the White Sox have my favorite announcer in baseball right now, and I just completely forgot his name. God, uh, Jason Benetti. Jason Benetti is yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. great, dude. Yeah, and they got Steve Stone too, who should still be on the North Side, but you know, Kent Merker tried to fight him in an elevator. So, <laughs> I think anybody's better than Hawk Harrelson. I cannot stand listening to that oh, guy. Oh God, he at was all. the worst. You can put it on the board. Yes. He did have my favorite announcement of all time. It was they're facing somebody, and it was a walk-off home run on the road. So he says, here's the pitch, and it's out of the park. He doesn't say anything. You see the guy circle the bases. You hear the fireworks go off. Guy crosses home plate, and Hawk Harrelson says, well, we'll see you tomorrow night. And they rolled a commercial. I'm like, that That's is hilarious. the greatest home run call ever. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, God, he all was right. Well... I don't think people tune in to bitter units for baseball talk. And they covered, should. Right? Well, we got matinee baseball. I mean, and we we've, talk and about we've covered all the bases of this. Oh, but uh, yes! uh, I like you better when you pass out in the pod, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I want to give Jeremy a chance to, um, you know, shout out anything the brewery's got going on, anything else that he wants to hit here with the last final word um, before we uh, roll credits and shout out our other friends at the Tailgate Society and stuff. What, what do you guys got going on? Where can people find you? What's what's up? So it's stout season for us right now. So we have um, our most popular seasonal beer, a beer called Chocolate Milk Stout. It is a milk stout with uh, cocoa nibs. We have a, a slightly bigger version of that called Absence of Light. That we had peanut butter powder too, so a chocolate peanut butter milk stout. It's fantastic. We have a variant of our chocolate milk stout coming out right uh, soon. And then we have a stout mix pack out. So it's all we make a lot of IPAs, make a lot of stouts. Um, it's kind of what we focus on. And then as we get to the end of the year and the new year, it'll be um, imperial stouts and barrel aged stuff is what we're gonna put out. But um, yeah, if you want to check out the brewery on Twitter, it's at the number four Hands Brewing Co. Or just Google for Hands Brewing Company, you'll be able to find all of our stuff. Um, if you want to hang out and chat with me on Twitter, that would be cool too. But um, yeah, definitely check out what we're doing at the brewery. Um, I, I just feel so fortunate to have landed in yet another super cool spot. Awesome. Um, I, I recommend it. St. Louis is a beautiful city. If you get a chance to go there, obviously go see the brewery as well. Um, I'm... I, I don't know how long it's going to take or whatever, but I expect to see a uh, mixed pack of stouts on my doorstep here one of these days. <laughs> um, Better talk to that brother of yours, man. Yeah, right? 
I mean, he's already told me I don't have to pay him back for this, so I'm trying go. to figure out. I don't think I can pull that off twice. Uh, um, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on. It's a fantastic beer. Um, I'm I'm glad that you know I was when I was looking through the list, like Tim talked about. I mean, we've done tons of IPAs and we've done some stouts, and I'm like, let's do something different, something we haven't really hit on yet and while this is still an ipa it's a different variant of that that we hadn't hit yet so which is kind of why i picked it i would like to say that i just knew that it was the right beer for the right time that's not the case um i just got lucky so um but definitely check it out it's really good also you should check out all of the other podcasts on the tailgatesociety.com rate review subscribe that's uh how we get things done how we can continue to put out great content for everybody hopefully you're enjoying uh bitter units as well as the other pods um check out the american home brewers association uh they are maybe not so proud if they've been listening sponsor of bitter units (laughs) um but uh you know they've they've hitched their wagon to us for some reason or another and we appreciate them and uh get out to your local breweries during this pandemic I, I know at the beginning of the pod we talked about that a lot we haven't done as much of it uh, lately but get out to your local craft brews support them it's still rough out there for a lot of people um so do what you can get out and uh you know make the most of the time you've got that you can be outside and you know outdoor dining before winter comes or whatever else you know so uh jt tim anything i'm missing no, I think I think you summed up really well. Yeah, absolutely. I again, Jeremy, thank you very much for for hopping on here with uh, us three chuckleheads. Uh, it, <laughs> man, uh, I, I I'm just so grateful that that you came on and talked about this, and we got a chance to have a, have a great beer and and uh, uh, get a chance to to talk a little bit more. Uh, you know, I mentioned before. This is a chance to hang out, man. Yep. You know, right? This, this is the way that we have beer when we don't, when we can't do it in person. Right, right. I hope I did not uh, diminish the quality of your operation. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll uh, end another episode of Bitter Units here at the Tailgate Society. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time.